This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message entitled Original, Original. Genesis chapter number one uh, is where we're going to go. So the very beginning of your Bible, Genesis chapter number one, verse number 26. Genesis one and verse number 26, where we're going to begin to read. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, uh, I, uh, if you know me, you know that I'm, I can be, um, I start to say moderately, but that would be a, an understatement. I can be decently opinionated. Okay, some of you are like majorly opinionated, and in that opinion, uh, I'm one of those guys who just really don't buy into the whole, you know, every year this is the year of whatever, okay? You know, in the year 2018 was the year of going over, or, you know, or 2019, the year of financial blessing. That's just never been the way I've pastored, and you know what? I'm not criticizing those who do that. But it's not been me. And of course, 2020, number one vision statement for churches in 2020 is the year of perfect vision. I'm like, that is, that, that's so cheesy. You know what I'm saying? But, and if that's been your motto statement this year, remember I started this saying I'm opinionated, okay? Well, God must be working on me a little bit, but I'm not going to say the year of perfect vision. But there's been something that's just been reverberating in my heart with this 2020. And that is that double 20. And the, the word double has just been just literally shaking me up for uh, uh, several uh, weeks now. And, 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 and I actually walked into the last service and, and a little lady sitting right back over here, just, she, she said, Pastor, you know what? I just feel like I, I just need you to know God's about to do some, some double in your life and there's going to be double this. And double. I said, hold that thought. Wait until you hear what I'm preaching about. Because I really believe that we're, we're going to start a, a, a foundational teaching today that we're going to go over for a few weeks here. I even found that my favorite author has just written a book on double for this year, and I, I purposely didn't read it, stayed away from it, because I don't want uh, anything influencing what I, I feel in my spirit. But I want to talk to you about the, the double portion, the uh, uh, double anointing, double blessing, the, what God wants to do in a double way in our lives. And I think to understand that, this is where we have to begin, okay? This is the passage we have to begin in. So, Father, before I read this scripture, I pray, Lord, that you're going to open this congregation's eyes to what you've been trying to show me, and, Lord, you're going to speak to all of us. Come on, help me agree with that. We're going to speak to all of us, in Jesus' name, about what you're wanting to open our lives up to. Lord, more of you. In this year, more of you. A double, a double portion of what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Genesis chapter number one, verse number 26 reads like this. Then God said, let us make, speaking, let us, the, the pluralness of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make human beings in our plural image. It's not that God is a multi 
component God is that God, like you and I, are made in his image. And as we are made in the image of God, we have a body, soul, and spirit. God reveals himself to us in three distinct portions as well. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God says, okay, we're going to make man in our image. This is fundamental, okay? You need to understand. And it goes on to say, so God created mankind in his own image. And then there's a comma. And it says, in the image of God, comma, he created them, male and female. So watch this. He said, so God created them in his image, and God created them in his image, male and female. He says it twice, or double. He gives us two statements very clear here that we need to get. All right, it's one thought, but he says it in two different distinct parts of the thought, in my image, in my image. Why two times? Why does he double it? Because if you don't realize that you're created in the image of God, then let me just go ahead and tell you now, you're in for double trouble. There's a problem because you're going to begin to be, you are going to be in the image of someone. You're going to bear someone's image. Now, I think it's also important for us to understand that when we realize we're created in the image of God, it helps us deal with others. Now, I'm certain this is for an earlier service, but let's just deal with it. I know that everybody in this service gets along with everybody and you love everybody. Should I give the altar call now? All right. How many of you would agree that some people just get under your skin? Do not look at me like that. I don't want to know if it's me, okay? All right. But some people just get under our skin. And we don't like something they do. Well, when you don't like somebody, I mean, it's, you don't like them, but it's even harder not to love, I mean, to, to love them when you don't like them. If you can't like them, it's really hard not to love them. We live in this culture that, that has so many things that try to, 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 to pull us apart. We live in, I mean, I'm flying into D.C. later this week, and as I fly into D.C., you talk about a divided city. A city that, that literally is polarized because of, of different ways of thinking, and, 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 it's, and it's so much more. It's, it, we may not be like them, but we need to remember something. Though we may not view everything the same, we may not, may, may not do everything the same, we may, we may not like the same things, but we are all created in the image of God. And there's something in them that's good. No matter how much you think down to the core of their being that they have to be a, a blight upon this planet. Inside of everyone, we must, and, and I didn't say this in any other service, you must become a searcher for the image of God inside of everyone because you can't call it out if you haven't looked for it. And it's so important. And you see, Genesis 1.28 tells us one of the reasons why we need to be someone who searches for the good inside of others. Because the very first thing that God does for mankind after he creates them is this. Watch this. God creates them in his image, gives us the importance of recognizing they're in his image, and then the word says, then God blessed them and said. But I want you to stop there for a moment. The first thing that God does is not give them a set of rules. The first thing that God does is not tell them, now stay away from that tree. The first thing that God does 
is he does what? Blesses them. God always leads out with the blessing. God blesses them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God blesses them first. Almost as we stop mid-sentence there, I want you to hear this. Before there was original sin, there was original blessing. I want you to get that. Before there was original sin, there was original blessing. This sequence is super important for you to catch because if all you can see is that you started off messed up, then all you can see is where you're trying to get to. But we have to understand something, that God didn't create mankind messed up. God created mankind blessed. God created us to be blessed. And then there was a failure that got in the way of what God wanted to do. And when it got in the way of what God wanted to do, we ended up then with Jesus coming and saying, hey, I created you to be blessed. You messed it up. So I'm going to go to a cross and I'm going to bless you again. And I'm going to give you the ability to get back to what I created you to be. You see, we think that we are becoming this, this, this being that we're not. I said this to you last week, that, that what the good stuff inside of you that you're seeing now manifest was already inside of you before you began to surrender to God. Most of us think, no, 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 Pastor Don, I was full of junk and I was full of a mess. Yes, you may have been full of junk and you may have been full of a mess, but somewhere on the, beneath the junk that's trying to, it was there because it was trying to hold down the fact that you were created to be a blessing. You were created for a reason. You were, Pastor Don, please just tell me how bad I am. No, I'm not going to tell you how bad you are. I'm going to tell you that there's a good God who looked past how bad you are and he said, that's one worth dying for right there. I want you to get this. It's so important because if you get things out of sequence, you'll end up not knowing what God wants to do in your life. If we doubt original blessing, we start second guessing the goodness of God. And we end up, watch this, we end up relating to God only trying to earn a better place. You don't have to earn something that's already been given to you. We need to rediscover God's heart for humanity. We need to realize that the enemy may have messed things up through the curse that he brought and tempted and, and walked Adam and Eve into, but he did not destroy God's original intent. Somebody said to me, and I'm not trying to go into end times here. They said to me, of course, this is all going to be destroyed and everything's going to be gone. I said, well, wait, wait a minute. If humanity all is gone, if humanity all is wiped out, then the devil won. You see, Jesus didn't come so that the devil could win. Jesus came to remind the devil, you might be loose for a season until the Ancient of Days shows up. But when he shows up, everything's going to change. And God's going to return us back to the state he wants us in. Oh, I feel Jesus in this today. See, we're created to be blessed. Blessing is God's most ancient instinct. Blessing is God's first and foremost reflex. Blessing is God's default setting. And you mark my words what I'm about to say. There's some things that God won't bless. God will not bless disobedience. God will not bless pride. He cannot bless greed. He will not bless laziness. Why? Because he loves us too much to do that. What we have to do is position. If somebody sent me a message this weekend, it's just not fair how much God blesses you. And I, I went, you're right. 
It's not fair what God does for us as believers. It is not fair. But the difference is this. You position yourself. Can I tell you, some of you going, Pastor Don, though I positioned myself in the wrong place. Do you know what you need to do then? You... Pastor Dan, you've heard this sermon two other times. I'm just going, going awry already. But let me just tell you what you need to do. If you positioned yourself right, a wrong, usually you're in a position kind of like this. You're standing back here going, well, I, God, don't get blessed. God doesn't love me. What you need to do is position yourself in a better place, something more like this, and realize that God will lift up the humble God. God will look upon your life. And when you position yourself in a better place, God can do something for you. So the problem is not that even where you're standing. Is that you've forgotten to kneel. Get in the presence of God. Begin to let God change your life. You see, God wants to bless you beyond your ability to ask or imagine. And when we hear that, we think God has something out there for us. But the reality is God just doesn't have something out there for us. God's wanting to return us to what he's already given us. He's called you for a reason. He's put you in a good place. Some of you go, Pastor Don, you're missing the part that we're all born in sin. You're right. We are all born in sin. I get it. But I want to show you something from history. So Jesus came and he picked how many main disciples originally? How many did he pick? This was an easy one. Twelve. Everybody say twelve with me. Twelve, because you begin to make me think I got to go back and start all over again, all right? Twelve disciples, all right? Twelve disciples. You didn't know that? I'm willing to go back. I do that on Tuesday nights. I'll take you through all that in depth. But twelve disciples. From that, he picked out three who really hung with him close. There was this one by the name of John. And John always was right there. Even, even see him in the garden. Almost up to the end, we see John Right there, we see John standing next to the cross. John is a disciple of Jesus. So he's trained firsthand from Jesus, who came preaching, repent of your sins and return to the blessing. But John, listen to me carefully, then disciples Polycarp. And I preached to you about Polycarp in the past, but Polycarp, so he is literally, Polycarp is discipled by someone who was discipled by Jesus. And Polycarp then disciples a man by the name of Arrhenius. Now, Polycarp's important. I don't want to talk long about him. But Polycarp was such a man of faith that they, when they drug him into the stadium, the heavens open and a voice is heard. The stadium hears the voice that tells him these words. And a, a great man of God wrote a wonderful book on it. And, and, and he says this, play the man. Now, let's be strong, Polycarp. Stand, because people are going to watch what you're doing. And they put him and they tied him up and they set him on fire. And he would not burn. He would not burn. They kept adding to the fire and he kept being strong in his faith. Can I tell you something? I don't care how many times the devil and all his minions try to tell you, God doesn't love you and I'm really going to take you to hell. When you've got your trust in Jesus Christ, you no longer burn. Because why? Because you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and there's a better future in store for you. Listen to me. Eventually running through with a spear, his life is over. A young man has been watching. His name is Irenaeus, who is Polycarp's disciple. And Arrhenius begins to teach this concept called original sin, okay? You need to understand this. Original sin. 
And original sin says you're born with a sin nature, which is true. And he taught it as a, 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 a further understanding of how far we've fallen from the blessing. And then he said, but look where you are now. You, you, you fell from the blessing because when you began to mirror as a child even. See, I, the reason I believe in a original sin is I have children. They came out strong-headed, strong-willed. Come on, amen. They came out wanting to do what they wanted to do. And because of that, that you realize that we are all born with a sin nature, but he was trying to teach about the, the blessing and then the sin, and then somewhere what he taught next got lost because the reformers like, like Luther and Calvin picked it up, and they forgot to teach about the blessing, and they just started teaching about the sin. And so thus the messages that we need to hear, but, we, but, but the messages began to be heard that said, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, God wants to save your soul. And we missed the, the point that, that what what they taught before, what Polycarp taught and what John taught and what Jesus taught. You were not created for this sin. We missed that. We missed the blessing before the curse. And the problem is this, because we missed the blessing before the curse, we think we were created for the curse and we were born in the curse. But the reality is I was born a blessed child of the living God whose sin pushes down and, and the sin nature means I need to get in touch with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But because I've already been chosen for better, I'm not trying to find something I'm not. I'm trying to get back to what I was created for. And when God gets in the way at the cross, all of a sudden the sin that I thought really was who I really am reminds me it's not who I am. It's what's been keeping me from being who God called me to be. And maybe you're not there yet. Let me just say it this way. Maybe you need to understand what I'm trying to tell you is this. Instead of saying, well, I'm just a fourth generation alcoholic or I'm just this or I'll always be bound by this lust or I'll always be bound by this hate. You need to realize something. That's not what God created you to be. God created you to be a righteous man and woman of God, a royal priest to the holy nations, zealous of good works. And so I might have a problem living in that sin nature that I have, but I was created for blessings. And so there's a blessing called Calvary that I can run to and the grace I find at Calvary takes me past the sin nature and puts me back where God called me to be. Amen. See, why is this important? Because children need to know their blessings first and a sinner second. See, sin is secondary. The blessing is primary. So I want you to get this. Now, there was a counselor, his name was Alfred Adler. And Alfred Adler always asked this question first. He would say, these, this was his question. Before you could talk to him, you had to answer this question. What is your earliest memory? What's your earliest memory? I mean, I'm not, right now, we can't all scream at me, but what's your earliest memory? Being born. Well, that's, that's an early one right there. Amen. But what's your early, I mean, what, I mean, I, I'm thinking back, I, one of my earliest memories is my, are my parents taking us, they had a little bitty, little, little house about the size of this, this stage. It was a little small, small little, uh, white house on the side of the road and, and they had, uh, we were all crammed in there and, and, and we would go out the back door and down into the woods and, and, and they'd built an altar. It's one of my earliest memories. The altar, going to the altar with my parents. And Adler would say this, if you said my earliest memory, if I said my earliest memory is going to the altar with my parents, my earliest memory of church is my 
cousin being filled with the Holy Spirit and knocking the pew in my lap. That's my earliest memory. And this is what they would say. He would say, and so is your life. Whatever your earliest memory is, and so is your life. Now, you've got to understand that if our earliest memory are our failures or the pains that we live in, then thus so is our life. But in Adam's case, his earliest memory was not the fall. His earliest memory was being blessed. And you see, he could learn to deal with the curse of the fall because he knew he was really blessed. And the way that you're going to overcome the sin that's trying to destroy you is realizing that's not who God called you to be. God didn't call you to live in that sin. God didn't call you to stay addicted by that. God didn't call you to live under those curses. God called you to be blessed. But God doesn't see me that way, Pastor. Do you you really think that? Do you really think that God doesn't see you that way? Can I tell you that it is not within me. Listen to me, I want you to get this. It is not within me not to love my children. I love my kids. I don't know how not to love my kids. There's some times I've said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. But it's not within me not to love them. I love them every day, every week. I even love them when I've told them 15 times what to do with their laundry and it's still where it's not supposed to be. Because it's within me to love them. It's within me. It's who I am. And it's who they are. It's, it's who, it's where we are. I think this is what Paul's trying to say. We get this image of our sin, this original sin, and we miss the fact that God chose us and blessed us in the beginning, made us in his image, and then said, I bless you. And we miss the fact that God is, is seeing the blessing on the other side of where we've fallen from. And we think all he can see is my failures. And God said, no, 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 no. It's not within me not to love you. I think Paul said it this way. He was trying to describe it in Romans chapter 8. What did he say in Romans 8 and 38? He said, I am convinced that neither what? Death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither powers nor the future nor any powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from what? The love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, he's trying to tell you, he said, look, it's not within God's ability not to love you. I've never seen Corinthians the way I'm about to show it to you. 1 Corinthians 13, I preached this in weddings and Look at this. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. Now watch this. You might cause me to lose faith in you. I may even give up hope on you. But it is at the core of my being to love you. Watch this. See, love remains the strongest because what is the, the, the shoot out of love? Watch this. Hope. And what is the fruit of hope? The evidence of things not seen. And those things hoped for is what? Faith. That's why God said at the core of who you are, there's always love. Because love, even though pain takes away your faith and your hope, love is a constant source of growth of hope and faith. Look how good God is. 
You see, so how do I know I'm blessed? The blessing of God is this. It's not something that you can put a price tag on. Okay? You can't. The blessing of God is, is right relationship with the one in whose image we were created. So when I get in that place, I realize that, that to be blessed, there's a reason. And I'm about to give you a simple truth you really need. You see, the blessing of God is not get rich quick. It's joy unspeakable. Peace beyond measure. It's knowing that your past cannot ruin your future and God destined you from the beginning for better. Listen to me carefully. This is going to seem silly to you, but this is the best way I know how to illustrate it. Do you like Girl Scout cookies? You're asking me, do you, Pastor? Just look at me. My favorite of which is Thin Mint. Now, I would love to share with everybody in this room today a Thin Mint. I would love to give you a Thin Mint. As a matter of fact, if, I, if somebody had brought me a, a, a case of Thin Mints, the ushers would take the aisles right now. Some of you go, please God, let somebody have brought him some Thin Mints. But nobody brought me some Thin Mints. But if, but if, but if they did, I mean... I could, I could say, hey, come hang out with me a minute. Do you know it takes about 3.2 seconds to, to knock down a whole tube of those thin mints? Come on now, amen. I'd be like, here's yours and here's mine. And when God gave me this illustration this morning, I thought, Lord, that's ridiculous. But then I understood something. I can't bless you because I hadn't been blessed. You see, I can only bless you. The Bible says we are blessed to be a... But if I've not been... I can't... Bless. You see, you wanted your children to have a better family than you grew up in. But if you're still stuck in original sin, you don't have a blessing to give. If you haven't been blessed, you can't pass on better. I can't share with you what I've not received. And so I'd love to be able to bless you, but you know what? It may be out of season. I don't know, but I can't bless you if I haven't received the blessing in that way. But what I can tell you is what God showed me in the Word this week. And because of what God showed me in the Word this week, I can give it to you because it's been a blessing in my heart. And I can now give that to you and I can say, look, here's what God's showing me. Stop focusing on how much of a failure you are and start focusing on what God says about you. When you start focusing on what God says about you, you might just start believing what God says about you. And then you can overcome what the enemy says about you because God speaks truth and the enemy speaks lies. And I believe his blessings instead of the curse. See, I can give you that blessing. I can't give you the other blessings. Some of you went, oh. But listen to me. You can't be a blessing the way God intends for you until you start blessing. Now, I'm going to say two quick stories. It's year 1994. I'm sitting in a hospital room. It's the birth of our first child. And Christina had received some medicine that she had a, 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 a reaction to. And so instead of it doing what it was supposed to do, it actually shuts down her, her lungs. They go into full rescue mode trying to birth a child and rescue my wife. So needless to say, after Bethany comes into this world, Christina is 
unconscious. She's out. Nobody else is in the room, and Christina's out. I'm a brand new dad with not a clue. And what do they do when you created one of those little wiggly things? They bring them into the room and throw them in your arms and say, here you go, dad. And the moment she took him, came into my arms, she starts screaming bloody murder. I'm holding this baby. She's screaming. I'm like, I'm like hoping that her screaming will wake her up. It doesn't work. And I'm doing the whole, you know, cha-cha-cha. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the whole, the whole thing. Nothing helps. Nothing helps. She screams all the more. And then it hits me like this. I thought, well, I'll try it. Every night after I found out that she was going to be born, I'd come close to Christina and I would say these words to that little unborn child before we ever knew what it was going to be and there was ever a name. These were the words I said. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I commanded this day, you shall teach them diligently unto your children. And so I went through the whole thing about rising down and and uh, laying down and rising up and walking along the way and marking them as a sign upon your hand and there shall be a frontless between your eyes and you shall write them, on the, write them on the post of the house and upon the gates. But somewhere about the point when I said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, she went, and fell sound asleep in my arms because she'd heard that blessing every day of her life. Some of you going, Pastor Don, I've never heard a blessing like that from my parents. Just because daddy and mommy didn't do it doesn't mean your father wasn't doing it. The Bible says he fearfully and wonderfully made you in your mother's womb. He dances over you, Scripture says. He whispers to you, you are loved. You were chosen. You were blessed. Be fruitful. Multiply upon the earth. Subdue the things that have subdued generations before you. He speaks the blessing over your life. And the problem is all we can hear is the curse. But beyond the curse, there's a blessing that's been speaking to you your whole life. But the problem is the value of the curse that we, we hold. One more little quiz. We'll stand, but just stay right there for one more second. Anybody remember how many pieces of silver that Judas, 30, 30 pieces of silver is what he exchanged. 30 pieces of silver, if it was the, 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 the temple shekel, comes to just over $20. 20 bucks. I know there's inflation and all that, but 20 bucks. Judas put a value on Jesus of $20. $20. Bucks. I mean, think of, you remember when you used to ask your, your parents for a nickel and you, you would score it if they gave you a nickel? 
Now you give them a 20 and they're like, well, that might buy lunch. $20. He exchanged the king of glory for 20 bucks. $21.60 to be precise, but 20 bucks. Hmm. Interesting. Pastor Don, that's so crazy. Why would he do that? I don't, last services I spoke to our, our men in the rehab, I said, how many of you, how many of you have traded his presence for a dime bag? How many of us have traded his presence for one more glance? How many of us have traded the blessing that we were created for, for one more sip? One more negative word. One more visit back down sin alley. We trade what God intends for us for 20 bucks. And if that's where I left you here, I'm preaching about original sin. But I want to take you beyond original sin. I want to take you back to what he's been whispering over your whole life. You're worth it. You're blessed. Because Judas may have said, you're worth 20 bucks, Jesus. But Jesus looked at Judas and said, you're worth the cross. When Jesus looked back at Judas and said, you're worth the cross, he was looking at all of us saying, you may have traded me for trinkets, but I will buy you with the highest price possible. Why? Because I chose you before you even knew who you were. I want you to stand with me in this place. The Lord is good. And He's been speaking to us today. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would. This is what's coming to my heart in just a moment. We're about to baptize. This service is going to be a thing of the past. But here we go. I need you to get this today. Some of us have been believing the lie of the curse more than the promise of the blessing. And God wants to set you free today. If that's you, you say, Pastor Don, I, I know I've traded God for a whole lot of cheap trinkets. And I want to start hearing what God says about me more than what my failure says about me. Let me see your hand if that's you right where you are. Right where you are. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Put those down. While you're praying, I'm just going to address this, this, this other folks who are not with us. I don't, I don't know where you're watching from and I don't know where you are right now. But this I know. You've traded him. You've traded him for things of this world. But there's a blessing. There's a blessing. That even though you've traded him, he still saw you worthy. Stop focusing on your failure and start focusing on the blessing of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm about to pray. I didn't embarrass those that raised their hand a moment ago, and I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, all I've ever lived in is my original sin. I've never accepted the price that Jesus paid for me. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or I need to recommit my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want to pray with you right where you are. If that's you, would you just hold your hand as high as you can in the air? Let me see your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold it up high so I can see that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 
put those hands down. God is going to meet these right where they are. There have been so many, many that I do not know today. We're going to pray right now with them. And as they commit their lives to Jesus, God's going to change them for all eternity. Then I'm going to pray for everyone else. I want you to lift your voices with me as we pray. Jesus, by faith, I believe that you have chosen me for this moment. I have failed you. I have sinned. And I surrender that to you. And now I receive your blessing of grace. Wash me clean from this moment forward. All that I have, all that I will ever be belongs to you. In Jesus' name, I declare Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And now I give thanks for heaven is my home. God is my Father. I am blessed. Father, I thank you for those that prayed that some for the very first time today. God, their lives are going to be changed for all eternity. What you're beginning in them is a good thing. And for those that have said, I'm having trouble hearing the blessing past the failures, I thank you, Lord, that though the failures may scream, the blessing is stronger and it will not give up. For where love is, the hope and the faith will grow again. Father, I thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a praise. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.